Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast. This is Denver Post sports writer Kyle Newman, joined by my colleague Ryan O'Halloran in studio by phone. Got a packed show for you here today. Going to be talking Broncos comments on social activism in the wake of George Floyd's death and nationwide protests. Also, when the Broncos will actually hit the field with all the coronavirus shutdowns going on and, and things starting to open back up. And then a couple uh, takeaways on the failed 4th and 15 proposal, axing the interference challenge call, and some thoughts on whether the shutdown helps or hurts undrafted free agents and on-the-bubble vets. So, Ryan, we'll start off with the topic, which of course dominated Twitter and really the conversation yesterday, Wednesday, and that was Vic Fangio uh, walking back his, his prior comments on there not being any racism or discrimination in the NFL. And uh, he came out with a statement on Wednesday, basically taking that back and, and saying he should have thought that through more. You know, the money part of his statement yesterday, I should have been more clear, and I'm sorry. And, um, you know, he had a 9.30 meeting yesterday morning, which would have been uh, Wednesday, you know, with the players. And, you know, really, we could even go back a little bit. You know, he makes the comments Tuesday around the 4 o'clock hour and when he says that, you know, I don't see discrimination or racism at all in the NFL. My first thought was, Okay, that's his opinion. Really quick, my second thought is, oi, uh, there's going to be some blowback to this, and it was, you know, instant. You know, um, okay, they moved on, and and they were, you know, Vic was supposed to uh, address the team on Thursday, which uh, he moved up to Wednesday, even uh, before this really blew up. So he realized he maybe needed to, you know, uh, get this uh, addressed quickly, and uh, you know, uh, sounds like uh, he. You know, there was a good back and forth, and you know maybe I live in a fantasy world here, but I thought it was telling that no current Bronco uh, came out on social media and criticized them before or after. And you know, Will Parks, the former Bronco, you know, sort of said, uh, "Uh huh." Uh, Chris Harris said he was a little surprised. Those are former players, but I think if he really had a locker room problem, uh, it would have uh, been exposed. But uh, it, uh, you know, it, you know, you'll have to uh, address it, Nick. Well, when the next time he talks, and then uh, we'll see what happens from there. And Kareem Jackson also addressed the media on Tuesday via Zoom, said we have to put some action behind our words. He talked about how the Broncos, you know, in, in their team meetings on Tuesday, led by Joe Ellis, first with the offense and with the defense, you know, talking about just what's been going on in the country, uh, everything in the wake of George Floyd's death at the hands of Minnesota police. So a lot to unpack there. And Kareem Jackson, I thought, did a pretty good job uh, on Tuesday doing that, Ryan. I agree. Uh, I thought he provided very good insight. And, and you, know, you know, the question he asked himself during the course of his comments was, what can we do next? And I thought he showed his maturity by saying, hey, you, we, you know, talk to your blue in the face. Um, it's got to be some action. He said, hey, maybe they should do a Bronco-related march in Denver. You know, up in Boulder on Friday during Chevrini, the uh, one of the CU assistant coaches tweeted out that they're going to have a little, uh, you know, march as well in Boulder. You know, but I think the more I think about it over the last couple of days is, and Justin Simmons tweeted this out the other day too. You know, I think the biggest impact they can make is you know voting. Is hey, you know, what can they do as volunteers to make sure people register to vote? You know, cast your vote however you like. Just you know, have a voice, and uh, I think that is probably the biggest they can biggest 
you know, difference they can make moving forward as a team because, you know, being a Broncos player and saying, I registered the vote today, here's where you can do that, I think that would carry some weight. Again, folks, first in Orange podcast, you can head to denverpost.com slash Broncos to read more coverage of what Vic Fangio and Kareem Jackson said on these topics. And we'll shift the show here to some football chat now. And uh, Ryan, some good news coming down this morning in the NFL world in terms of coaches returning to the facilities. Yeah, um, the NFL said on Thursday morning that um, starting Friday, coaches, um, if the, if the state and, and local uh, guidelines allow it, uh, coaches can come back to the facility and the number of people allowed in the facility has increased from 75 to 100. Keep in mind with the Broncos, that includes the employees who are working at their stadium offices. Uh, it's probably not going to be 50-50, but you have to take that into account. And, and one thing that Vic Fangio said earlier in the week, is said, hey, it would be good to get the coaches in there before the players so the coaches can get used to the safety protocols, um, you know, testing. What are the what are the new you know rules in the cafeteria that kind of thing because it's going to be a lot of people in there when they get back to semi normal you know and you know people say well when are the players coming in you know there's no rush to get that in I wouldn't think before training camp but here's the thing if do they move the training camp do they start it earlier do they have a week or two for just the rookies do they have um, you know, cut the preseason down to two games, um, you know, so everybody can get back, get healthy, and get ready to play in a game instead of just throwing them in there. So, it, uh, it, you know, this is another, I think it's another positive step. Uh, and, you know, and really, one thing that Vic points out, and I, I'm going to write about this on Sunday, is, he, he, you know, he was in San Francisco for the 2011 lockout where they couldn't even talk to the players until late July. Right. So I think I think I think this this deal is going to be a little bit ahead of that because you are having installation meetings. You are uh, players can rehabilitate their previous injuries at the facility. There can be contact. So it, it's about um, it's about who's who's making the most of this, so they can you know, hit the ground at a higher speed when they're actually allowed to participate. Well, and so Ryan, obviously, a lot of the early off-season stuff has all been canceled or, or gone virtual, should I say? You know, all those mini camps, rookie mini camps, etc. But you do anticipate maybe a mid to, to late July return to the actual field for for teams to start practicing. Yeah, that's 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 what's going to be interesting. Is and that, that involves the players' union. Right now, you can report, uh, you know, two plus weeks before your first preseason game, and. You know, for the Broncos, that'd be around the July 25, 26, 27 range. You know, if they talk to the union and say, hey, how about the rookies come in July 15? How about the veterans come in, you know, the same, you know, July 25th, something like that. So, you know, so you can get 20, 25 rookies in there so they can have a test of the protocols there before you bring in the full 90-man roster. Um, you know, I think one of the things the union should be concerned about is, hey, you can fight all you want for a shorter training camp, but could that could a, a negative ripple effect be? Guys are coming back, and you're going to have some. You're going to have a lot of injuries. Right. So I think they have to. You have, they have to. You know, be very. Uh, you know, very uh, concerned. I don't want to say concerned, but it has to be at the highest point of their checklist. 
when players get back, make sure they stay in one piece. Yeah, I mean, a lot of attention has been given to baseball in that regard with their return. You know, they got to get another spring training in two or three weeks to allow for the ramp up. And, you know, a lot of people forget, of course, you're not getting your arm in shape like you are on the mound. Uh, if you're a pitcher, but in football, you got to get your body in shape for, you know, the grueling 16 game NFL season. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see how, you know, they, they set the timetable to do that. And I think that's going to be an issue with hockey as well. We cover all sports here on first and orange. That's okay? right. That's right. As these rinks have not been open. Uh, and I'm sure there's, you know, this is not the kind of year where you can have a, ba- a backyard rink. So hockey needs a sustained training camp as well. And, um, you know, football, you know, they've had time on their side during this whole pandemic. Right. But but also I think they've been smartly aggressive. You know, they said, hey, we're going to have this draft. They did it. Uh, we're going to open the facility. They did it. Now the next step is allowing, you know, a 20-man coaching staff in the building. So it's, uh, you know, incremental steps, which is what they have time to do. Okay, moving along with the first in Orange podcast, Kyle Newman alongside Ryan O'Halloran. And last Thursday, so one week ago from the recording of this podcast, the 4th and 15 proposal did not go through. Of course, that proposal would have given teams an alternative to the onside kick in an effort for the NFL to spice up the end of some games. So basically, if you're down, you score. Instead of having to onside, you can get the ball at your own 25, go for it on 4th and 15. Now, if you fail, the opponent gets the ball at the dead ball spot. So NFL nixing that, and then also the pass interference challenge rule, which was widely ridiculed and basically just a total bust last season, of course, coming off the controversial NFC title game debacle. Uh, that is eliminated as well. So, Ryan, thoughts on those uh, those two items? Well, the NFL moves at a glacial pace when it comes to innovating the game via rules, um, but 4th and 59 continues the game momentum. Let's start there. I like it. Spices up the game. You know, two things, okay, what would be the scenario where a coach with the lead scores and says, okay, it's time to put a team away, let's go for it on 4th and 15. Right. Maybe after like a 12 or 13 play drive. And then, um, you know, one of the complaints here, well, somebody said, well, we worked 55 minutes to build a lead, and then we lost it in 90 seconds. Well, here's the point. Don't give up the 4th and 15. The Broncos had one third down conversion last year when it was 15 or more yards. So it's a very low percentage play, but it's at least a little bit more of a higher success rate than the onside kick, which has just been demolished because of the rules on kickoffs. Right. As for the pass interference, I think the moral of that is do not fast track a rule based on one play. Or based and, off public uproar, right? Yeah, yeah or, or one coach's public uproar, I mean, Sean Payton. Right. You know, as Vic Vandrew said during the fall, he said, hey, you know, this was not... You know, they were bound and determined to get this thing passed, and I agree. The owners were not leaving Arizona that day. Yeah, I remember that day in Phoenix, Kyle. I changed my flight three times because I was like, okay, they're not going to vote today. Okay, they're going to vote today. It's going to vote in a couple hours. So, you know, they, they weren't going to leave that resort until they had something done. and It, it was a disaster. It, you, you'd see interference calls or non-calls challenge, and you say, okay, that's a no-brainer. It's going to be overturned. And it wasn't. Coaches lost faith in it. They stopped doing it as they should because they just would have been throwing a timeout down the toilet. You know, interesting to see what coaches are available again. Okay, if it was up to you, what processes would you put in place to bring back pass interference challenge? Uh, it may be a long time before it's back, if at all. 
Yeah, we'll be interesting to watch that going forward. And on the 4th and 15 alternative, that was tabled for further discussion. So we'll keep an eye on that as well. Uh, to close the show here, talking undrafted free agents and on-the-bubble vets. Now, in a normal offseason, things would be just going as usual. But amid this coronavirus pandemic and the NFL kind of slowly getting back in action, back to full action, should I say, how does this help or hurt guys, Ryan, who haven't latched on with the team yet? Well, that's going to be a fascinating subplot because there's some left tackles out there. They're probably just waiting to see what happens once camp starts. But for the guys under contract, undrafted free agents here at the Broncos, and also players on the bubble, that's going to be the coaching staff's challenge. Let's say let's say there's no preseason games. Yeah, but let's say you have a regular training camp and no preseason games. You got to cut down to 53. Do you pick? Let's, you know, do you pick? Do you pick a player that has played for you last year, or do you go with an undrafted guy that you say, okay, he has some potential here. Maybe you, we can work with him this year, as opposed to the veteran that maybe you thought has reached its peak. You know, it's going to depend on the coach and the team which way they go. The Broncos may have a mix of that, but also I would expect a lot of roster movement in the first month of the season if there's no preseason games because player A may be out there and he's just not picking it up or he's just not, you know, performing very well. Okay, cut him and, and sign somebody else. So uh, I think the transaction wire is going to be pretty loaded the first couple of weeks of the regular season. Of course, we'll be all over the Broncos' potential acquisitions throughout the rest of the offseason at denverpost.com slash Broncos. Hope you enjoyed today's First in Orange podcast. This has been Kyle Newman alongside Ryan O'Halloran. Again, please keep supporting the Denver Post. Head to denverpost.com slash Broncos for continued coverage. Until next time, folks, take it easy.